And I think it's very, very important to uh, seem trustworthy because if people are gonna, uh, first of all, it's a lot of money invested. And also their web website, it's basically their face outwards for their brand. So you have to be like uh, own their trust. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Simple Commerce Show. In this episode, I have Albert with me. So, Albert, can you give uh, a small introduction for yourself? Uh, my name is Albert Wickman, and I'm the co-founder of Moodbased, a web development studio based in, uh, in Gothenburg, and also a back-end developer at We Know It and a computer science student at Chalmers University of Technology. Right. Um, so if we start the discussion around your startup firstly, which is moodbased.io. So how would you kind of introduce that to, uh, let's say like a young kid? Uh, what do you basically do as a, uh, as a startup? Um, so we started mostly with just the pure passion of uh, building great websites. And also, we noticed that small businesses can compete with uh, uh, large companies. So we want them to be able to compete with uh, the big companies, basically. And a great way to do that is having a great website. Good design and uh, has to be stable. And we found that, that a lot of small companies had a lot of problems with uh, stability and uh, maintenance. So... Um kind of a curiosity based questions that comes in like I don't know like a small developer's mind would kind of be around the lines of um, you know as a startup uh, of web development there's so many services that uh, and especially so many companies that provide these services including even like free freelancers on these sites so um, when someone is starting out with their field because if we just assume for example if uh, as a company or like as a freelancer you have to be an expert at what you're doing then it's yeah. kind of like very hard to compete in a pool of experts right even when you're entering so what is kind of the approach that one should take when they're like beginning for example if i am uh if i'm studying for example web development and i just begin and i'm like okay i want to do freelancing by side as well um but then i also get confused and scared because of the competition that's around there yeah uh, so a I'll, lot I'll, of competition I'll be, yeah i'll be confused about whether i'm even going to find work or so how does one sort of look at that approach <clears throat> so what I did was I spent, we started the company in April, I think. And then I spent a few months just researching, trying, trying out different approaches, uh, posting in Facebook groups and uh, uh, posting gigs on Upwork and uh, uh, what's the name again? Fiverr. Uh, and I found that just, uh, just like you said, a lot of competition and especially like people go on to Fiverr and say I can make a whole website for free or like for five dollars so I thought that's not an option and it's also very like limited in the way that uh, you get Fiverr points and if you're starting off from scratch that can be very hard uh, so I found very quickly that I got the most clients from just talking to people in real life and word of mouth basically people came up eventually and like I saw your website on LinkedIn 
and uh, you know the word started spreading. And then, so probably 85% of our our clients have actually came up to us in real life. And, so came uh, up to you in the sense like uh, virtually, like through like messages, or like actually came up to your office, or uh, both. So probably half half of them have been in real life, and half of them have been mostly LinkedIn. Right. And so if someone... I talk to someone I know, uh, like an acquaintance or something uh, and they say like do you still make websites and then we just go and for someone uh, you know who doesn't have like a vast connection uh, perhaps he doesn't have the access to uh, meeting people in real life the people that he's going to maybe working with so how do you kind of establish yourself so that you know people approach you even online I would probably go to an event uh we went to an event called venture cup which is basically a startup competition um and we we had we hadn't even had our first project yet we just went there we just had our registered company and i mean there were pretty uh big sharks there and we were probably the smallest company because we have we had zero money we had nothing basically but we still went there just to talk to people uh we try to avoid talking to it people because they can probably build their own website anyways um but we talked to mostly it people and it was nice to hear how they get their clients so we we actually met a guy who said i get most of my clients from my mentor at a startup uh a company that's basically helping start startups um start start off basically so then we thought that uh that might be a good approach uh then we didn't really do that but we outreached mostly like wrote to people and stuff but it was nice to hear his perspective and yeah so go to events and just be out there you know post a lot on linkedin and uh, i do that a lot if i if you're just starting off you could just make a few uh websites for yourself and not even for a client and you can uh try to get a good uh good network on linkedin and then just post them there the urls and uh hopefully people will like them and reach out to you so yeah just to add on to that uh i mean um as i was uh, talk, talking to you about earlier um how i had a production company founder uh, on my podcast as well and he was basically talking about the same things uh basically how you find customers through your mutual connections and how they lead you to even more customers so uh, yeah. i think even though you have like 10 connections you can yeah. use those to spread exactly and i mean it's it's like free to connect with uh, different people on linkedin like that's how we met uh, so that's like a connection for example uh, so you could potentially connect with your clients or like your kind of mutual friends who your clients will be connected to with you by uh, through like linkedin or like other websites as well um, yeah. but now i would like to sort of dive into the topic of development apart from yeah. uh, founding a company uh which is that you as you said you're uh, a backend developer uh at one of the companies here in Gothenburg uh so what i would just like to begin with is the basics of uh, what does it mean by backend 
front end and full stack development and then what is it like for example oh i'm working as a software engineer at google how is that kind of different from these uh, three fields uh so back end is basically what you as a user uh, doesn't see so everything like storing data databases uh, uh basically all of the functions that's going on and the front end is the interface so the things the user interacts with and um the term full stack is when you do both which is basically what I'm going to do at the company a little bit of both but I'm hired as backend um so yeah that's uh that's the big difference so front end is more focused on design and then when we say for example uh we are working as a software engineer at like a big corporation is 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 like software engineering only divided into these three things or uh, is it potentially something else um you usually yeah uh you could also have people especially at bigger companies when you need to have more specialized fields you could have someone uh only like a scrum master uh, which is like a uh project leader basically a manager uh who only focuses on making sure that everyone uh does what they need need to do and the thing is especially in IT since there are very a lot of technical terms and stuff the manager still has to be an IT person so it can't be like someone who's just a general manager if that makes sense yeah. uh so a scrum master is also a very uh uh a standard thing at bigger companies who use an agile approach uh and you could also have someone who manages all of the uh, communication with the clients um and you also have a lot of talent managers too right and and now if we just uh i guess just to clarify it for someone who's maybe like starting out um as we kind of just indulge into the topic so for example someone who's new uh, to development or like front end development back end development they kind of see that for example you could like use potential like java for back end development and html or css like languages like these uh, for front end development but then as you said back back end is basically what the user does not see uh, yeah. so that kind of includes the databases and all of that but shouldn't the back end be reliant on uh uh database management query languages like sql and not like java so what's what's the role of java if you use sql to like um i guess send general purpose queries or store data yeah so you don't actually need sql uh there are things called document based uh no sql databases like firebase for example um so then you could use uh javascript to make those calls and get for example all of the users um so then you use the actual language of javascript uh to their api right um now if we just uh i guess approach the the ending of the podcast with the the area of um founding a company in sweden that's something specifically i have not talked about with anyone how 
as a new founder of like a technology company i also had someone who's founded a an saas company uh, a service based company uh, but we talked about something else but if we just talk about uh, the process of founding a technology related company especially in sweden uh, if you could uh, maybe provide some details on how that works um anything specific you mean or just uh i guess uh perhaps we, we can start with talking a little bit about i guess the mindset one needs to have especially founding in sweden because i'm sure uh due to yeah. like the geographical area if you're founding it in for example uh usa versus you're finding it here there are different boundaries i think um uh, and there are different approaches that people like so what's the approach of a swedish entrepreneur i would say especially in in it or uh web de- web development uh that there are a lot of cheaper uh, cheaper alternatives uh outside of sweden that people sometimes outsource to um so and the economy which is here you can't live off of uh those salaries so you you really have to stand out and make the client know that it's a better choice to choose you over someone who's who takes like $5 an hour and that's mostly mostly in India and I don't know really why I guess there are just so many people um so just too much competition but then um so yeah you got to really stand out to uh percent your worth basically and why you should be paid like 30,000 crowns plus yeah i mean just as an ending note what i would say is that uh just basically what you said don't be afraid to put yourself out there uh either online or either uh, physically if you have the abilities to go to a physical event um just as a final question are there any approaches that you take when looking out for physical events uh such as for startups or even for like freelance jobs or um not really i just uh just uh, look around uh, just uh, look around a bit you usually see that's why i like linkedin because uh sometimes i just go on to linkedin just to read some news i mostly i follow mostly it people So I get all the IT news and usually you can see some good stuff there. And uh but I, like we talked about uh earlier when when I reach out I usually reach out to uh if I see someone who's a founder of a company and I assume either they have a website or they don't have one I ask them uh like Hi, I see that you're a founder of a company. Uh can you tell me the problems you have with your website if you have one? And hopefully they'll say we don't have one, but we want one. That happens sometimes. Uh and sometimes they uh state some problems and then I try to solve those basically. So that's yeah, a very good approach. I think that's a very nice ending note. uh to the entire conversation kind of sums it up in the sense that um you you just don't have to like put yourself out there and be completely like 
sort of isolated in the sense that you know you just have to wait for people to approach you you can approach people and especially approach people with the requirements like for you it's uh, a lot uh, i would not say easier but it's a little simpler in the way that you identify whether someone has a requirement of a website or not uh, yeah. but maybe uh, looking through uh, or searching through their uh, founder's page on linkedin or whatever uh but for someone for example are not building like a health device and he's selling to health companies uh it's it's a little more difficult but the the, the entire premise of that is that you reach out to especially those companies or or those people that uh have the requirement or that at least you can like test with right yeah. um so yeah so you you don't really have to be super public uh as long as you have a good portfolio and you outreach to people privately that also works and i think it's very very important to uh seem trustworthy because if people are gonna uh first of all it's a lot of money invested and also their web website it's basically their face outwards for their brand so you have to be like uh, own their trust yes Very you have quickly. to be responsible with the money and yeah basically with the trust yeah. uh, so that's a nice ending note to the conversation i would just like to thank you albert for being on the podcast it was great discussing with you all of these aspects of founding a company and uh, development in general um, thank you yeah, so thank you for being on the podcast